Steve, the cookout coach, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings live fire fun and frivolous show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at bbqcentralshow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter, which you can sign up for at the main landing page of thebbqcentralshow.com. Click on the thing that says newsletter, give me an email address, and you will get a heads up every Tuesday right around noon Eastern on what's happening the show later that evening. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, he's a 2021 Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer. He has one of the most iconic names in Texas barbecue. And if you have ever had really great Texas barbecue sausage, there's a fairly good chance that you probably had his sausage. We will welcome back none other than the CEO of McKeska Brands Sausage, Tim McKeska. And what do we talk to Tim about? Recently, we've been talking about the skyrocketing prices of all of the favorite barbecue meats, not the least of which is brisket. We've talked about pork as well. As we enter in the last quarter here, or as we start to close out the last quarter here of 2022, we'll get a refresher on where we're sitting currently price-wise on brisket and pork. And we'll also talk about some other things that are factoring into what was a beginning of a trickle-down in price. And now we're going to start to see ramp-ups again here. And there's really no telling how long this is going to last. There's a lot of things that are playing into this whole thing that we'll be talking about. And if time allows, we'll even paint a potentially tragic picture of even greater inflation, even greater lack of availability of product, and an even greater cost at all of this should the worst of the worst happen. But we'll see how this segment goes. After Tim, we will welcome... Fourth Tuesday of the month, regular guest here in the second hour, Derek Riches, DerekRiches.com, his website. By the way, what I have found, this means nothing to anybody, but because I use the vMix broadcasting software and there's a whole social media thing that is built into the software program, I put Derek 
space riches and then dot com with riches.com. And when I want to post that to the Facebook in advance, the software flagged it because it said riches.com and said, hey, this could be construed as some kind of a shady website or a promise to get rich quick or some nonsense like this. So I had to take the space away and put DerekRiches.com, but that's his website. So people always looking to be on the safe side of everything, even when there's no reason to be safe. It's just Derek Riches, a bristly barbecue journalist, to be sure. What are we going to be talking about Derek with tonight? Well, a couple weeks ago, the HPBA Expo took place in Atlanta, Georgia. First time that's happened in a year and a half, almost two years. Let's call it two years. And as you would recall... And I think I lived in Cleveland at the time. This was right about the time that COVID was shutting everything down. This was the last exhibition that was taking place where it was originally supposed to be fully attended. A lot of people backing out right at the last second. And then as the week wore on, a bunch of people were pulling out right on the show floor, just packing up and leaving because the pandemic was coming and Nobody knew how they were going to be getting back and flights were being canceled and people were being halted from coming into the country and the list goes on. You remember what it was like. It was only two years ago. So it is now refired back open for business. We'll talk to Derek who attended live what the best parts of the show were, what the worst parts of the show were. He has a article on DerekRiches.com right now. If you want to get a heads up on some of the products we might be talking about here. In a half an hour or so, you can do that as well. That'll close the first hour. Then we'll move into the second hour. It is the fourth Tuesday of a month, as I had just mentioned. And in the second hour, oh, it can only mean fun and frivolity at its finest. The embedded correspondents are joining me. What does that mean to you? You're going to have great information. You're going to have great thought leaders and leading opinion makers in the industry. Doug, John, Rusty, myself talking about a number of topics, but before we talk about the topics du jour or the topics of the day, we will, of course, play a fresh round of the 100% Assurity Picks. So I will tell you how you can join in on that if you want to answer along with us here in the second hour. So there's your show. Tim McCaskill coming up shortly. Derek Riches after that. The Embedded Correspondence in the second hour and your phone calls and emails as you see and I see fit. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapper Snaps at BBQ Central Show. For live video feeds of this show on Tuesday nights, you can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also one on YouTube slash RD Rempy. They immediately archive after the live show airs. So if you miss it, you can go back and watch till your heart's content pretty much immediately. Also, you can get a live audio version of this show if you would rather hear and not see by using the ever-popular Clubhouse app, which continues to grow in popularity each week. People that are on the move, people that are on the go, people that don't want to watch us can listen to the same show with the same quality and potentially interact, which leads me to this. If you want to be the person that answers the 100% Assurity Picks, Along with me and the embedded correspondence, all you have to do, your YouTube is double audio. Something is askew. Well, I can tell you this. It is 100% not me on the YouTube double audio. Although, yeah, it's not me. I do the same thing every week. What are you kidding me? If you want to be 
a part of this show, all you have to do is jump on in the Clubhouse app, download it, raise your hand when we get to the second hour. I'll say, hey, who wants to jump in and answer? I'll pick one of you, and you can answer these 100% assurity questions right along with us if you're not sure how you do that, but you want to take part. I will also break down the rules. It's very easy. You say yes or no to each question, and then we go around it, and away we go. So that's the 100% assurity picks, and that'll happen in the second hour. So that's all the ways you can listen live, uh, podcasting later, tomorrow, Thursday, also Friday. I'll talk about that in the second hour. But let's start here tonight. I got a bunch of emails from people who listen to the show via podcast, and they were asking what these big technical issues were last week because they didn't seem to really notice anything. And that's the point. Podcasters, while missing the fun and frivolity live, and unfiltered and unedited because it's live, right? We'll do it live. Podcasters don't get to live through that experience. And sometimes it's great and magical. Certainly they're getting it on replay, but there is something to be said about experiencing something live as it's happening, breaking, if you will. But if we use the term breaking and then apply that to technology is breaking during the first hour of the show, that's not a good experience. By and large, like 99 point some odd percent of the listening audience is not live. They're not watching it on YouTube. They're not watching it on Facebook. They're not watching it on Twitch, nor are they consuming it through Clubhouse. All of you that are watching now and listening now are doing that. But the vast majority, to the tune of 30,000-plus downloads a month, are taking it in podcasts. You want to consume it when you want to consume it, which I get. And I will not have my podcast audience suffer through nonsense technology and people calling audibles deciding they're going to show up on South Beach to do the show when, meanwhile, we tested in your house. I'm not going to subject myself, um, I'm not going to subject my listeners to such nonsense or technical issues like monster echoes or when my internet craps out at the most untimely of times. I'm not going to do it. So to all the podcast listeners that wondered what the big deal was, I cut out, did you notice that the first hour was 47 minutes? Uh-oh. I fixed that for you. So that's why you didn't really notice too much. And why do I censor swear words on a podcast where there's no FCC regulation? Because to me, that's funny. (laughs) The censor beep is always funny. It's never not funny to me. Hey, let me talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers before we get on with this Tim McKeska. Yoder Smokers designs and builds all of their products right here in the USA, building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service is the backbone of how they've built this company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family, honored to have a trusted choice and place in the backyards of America from pellet grills to wood-fired offset pits or charcoal cookers. Consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smoker's name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smoker's flavor-driven design is unique to each style of pit. 
and their team has developed cookers to perform time and time again while outlasting the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in the handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values. American-made quality and endless flavor, the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Visit Yodersmokers.com and grab yours today. This is where I would sit here and say we're ever so close to booking. No, we're not. I'm going to keep trying, but I would be lying if I said I am that much closer to finally booking Yoder Smokers. I'm not. I would love to be, but at this point, Yoder Smokers is not on the proverbial radar, but I will continue to try. But it doesn't matter. I know folks that have them. I know folks that are completely in love with them. And that's all you need to know. They're performing really well, and they cause you to fall in love with the cook. Yodersmokers.com. We are back with Tim McKeska, one of the most iconic names in Texas barbecue, right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. My first guest this evening comes from one of the most iconic names and brands in Texas barbecue, especially when it comes to sausage. On top of that, he happens to be one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to what is currently happening within the meat and the market. We have spoken all about it over the last 12 months or so. And here with an update is Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer of 2021 and friend of this show, Tim McKeska. Hey, Tim. Hello, Greg. How are you this evening? I'm wonderful. Great. Glad to be with you. We are going to talk about brisket and uh, pricing here as we sit near the end of quarter one of 2022, if you can believe it. But let me show you a headline that a friend of mine sent over here. Give me one second as I make my way. This shocked me, and uh, I don't know if it will send the same type of shock waves up you. I'm stalling here because my camera of course is not exactly where it needs to be but let me get it okay here we go this is uh kansas city order anything but brisket kansas city barbecue restaurant pleads with customers and if in case you're wondering this is i guess what some would call an iconic place in kansas city barbecue arthur bryant is telling people order anything but the brisket what do you think about that uh it's uh, that's where we are that's what's happening uh I've seen people going from brisket to chuck rolls, uh, boneless sirloin, also uh, the the culotte, culotte, which is the top of the cap of the sirloin. 
briskets are short supply. You know, it's people like you that, 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 uh, promote this great business we're in and, and talk great about barbecue. And it's very popular brisket short right now. Uh, one of the things I wanted to lead you in with was, uh, this piece. And I think it's a good way to segue into that first meat that we're going to be talking about, which is a brisket. But as you read this little blurb, what comes to your mind? And I know you're passionate about this particular issue. Well, you know, this says it all. When I read this, this pretty much tells you where we're at. And it's a very good analyst that uh, Jamie said. It said, you know, the the company's good fortune. They're talking about the people that sell brisket, whether they pack it, distribute it, sell it, retail, wholesale. It's a reminder that in an economy where both wage growth and supply chain bottlenecks are driving inflation, businesses that sell things, not necessarily barbecue, but brisket, but sell things in general uh, that people want cannot deal can't cannot only deal with the higher cost but thrive from them mm. so that basically says inflation is up there's a reason things can be high therefore you price it high and if you can make money good for you so let's talk about brisket right off the bat that seems to be on everybody's talking points as we had just looked at that headline there in kansas city arthur bryant's is saying do anything but because this is the cost of what a pound of brisket is now versus where it was a year or two years ago. This is a, uh, for the people that are listening on audio podcast, if you want to look at the visual here, just go back to one of the ways of getting the show on a video sense, but you have a, a nice graph here of brisket decal off boneless choice. Yeah. yeah this choice, is what right? most of the pit masters in Texas, at least are using a lot of them are using prime, which are of course a lot more than this or is you know still in the 480 to 50 range in there somewhere but you can see we had a down tick uh everybody was looking forward to see this graph going down that uh, uh that light uh, uh blue greenish uh, color they're going down down into february and march now we anticipated it we knew that you know uh st patrick's day always has brisket rising hmm. that's all, because there's a lot of corned beef use and as you saw it went down but then it started coming back in mid-march and it's still on the uptick uh, about 350 355 360 for boneless of course all brisket that we sell is boneless for decal off choice it's right around that 350 360. let me ask you a question here and maybe it's only because I'm in the trucking industry to a certain degree, but everybody's feeling it, right? Um, the Olympics ended, uh, Russia invades Ukraine, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But what everybody seemed to notice right off the bat was, oh my God, uh, fuel has gone from 275 to 350, and now where I'm at in Cleveland, it seems to have leveled off around $4.10 a gallon, but depending on where you are in relation to a refinery, it can be much more than that is now that we're seeing a creep up. Can we also assume that because this stuff has got to get trucked in and out and I'm probably only thinking about one end of trucking here, which is like from a packer to a store or distributor and then onto the store from there um, is fuel going to be doubling up pricing or adding a, a an extended burden on what is already price uptick? It's, it's doubled for me. Uh, when I'm shipping product, it's actually doubled and it's, it went up about 30, 40%, uh, over in, even before this big rise in fuel, uh, it, it was up about, I don't know, maybe, maybe 25%. It was, it was up and then it just doubled. Hmm. And so here's got what you, what you have to remember. So 
a, a rancher farmer has to take his product. All this is diesel we're talking about. Has to take his product, his 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 cows and and market steers and stuff to the auction, and then from the auction it goes to the feedlots, and then from the feedlots it goes to the packer, and then from the packer it goes to the wholesalers. Wholesalers it goes to retailers. So that's a lot of diesel involved, and I. I just was traveling around and, and I saw some diesel approaching six dollars here. Uh five uh four ninety nine to five fifty was about the average, but I'm hearing in, in places like Chicago and especially out in California, it's it's seven fifty, eight dollars I've heard. So that has doubled the cost. And so that's a realistic cost, Greg. I mean, that's I mean, we I can't blame the big four that I always condemn that control eighty percent of the of the protein. Can't condemn them because that's a that's a fact. Talking about the big four for a second, one of the other things that I wanted to ask you about this evening and that you had brought to my attention was, so there's these big four that you, as you say, like to condemn and they seem to be squeezing the market and they're getting incredible gains as far as revenues and profits are concerned. And I was unaware that the government was rolling out a, a uh, program and this is been going on. This isn't like it came out last week. This has been going on for like a year or so that said, hey, if you want to open a small meat processing plant, boy, do we have the plan for you. What is that all about? We, we got the deal for you. Actually started, <laughs> I think, in January of 2020. It, op it opened, uh, started before COVID hit. Uh, and the reason they did it is because there was such a downturn in the small slaughterhouses the you know most all counties in texas you know around that have big ranches and farmers somewhere there was a kill floor and a packing plant small operation but as time went on uh they just went out of business because the usda is very difficult to deal with the federal government and so i believe this is kind of a mea culpa in a way to the government saying uh-oh we allowed these four companies to get so big you know, we didn't enforce antitrust laws, all those things that they could have probably stopped and eased our pricing. So now they go, OK, here's a program. Open you a USDA slaughter and packing plant uh, and you can get up to twenty five million dollars. That's the maximum. And I think that's great. And I think it's going to affect more, Greg, of people that were in the business that shut down, that may have an existing facility that wants to just go ahead and revamp it and they put some more equipment in it. But the problem is the skill set of somebody. Uh, you put an ad, uh, say, in the Cleveland newspaper up there, and you say, I need somebody that knows how to slaughter an animal, uh, you know, humanely in a USDA HACCP hazards analysis and critical control point setting properly. Now, how many people are going to apply for that? That's an old, old skill. Even in Texas, it's an old, old skill, but not a lot of people know how to do it. So it's going to be a challenge, but at least the government recognizes that they need to do something. I hope it helps. Let's say I'm at a tipping point of selling trucks and I read all about this small <laughs> meat packing stimulus thing that they're going to be doing or uh, uh, assistance at $25 million I can get. Uh, Tim, I don't have any idea if I've a hit the lottery or if it's one of those things where it's just enough money to get you into something that now is going to be 10 times harder to get out of, or you're going to be barely uh, treading water. You're going to be drowning most of the time. Is that a lot of money to get started? And I understand what you're talking about as far as getting the expertise in there. Actually, I think in Cleveland, I'm probably better set than a lot of other cities here just because of the heritage and the you know the, the deep knowledge that's around here locally 
But outside of that, you're you know, right. let's say I live somewhere else. Is this a legitimate thing that I could do if I didn't have a processing plan already like you <laughs> talked about? You know, if you want, if you have the skills, if you have some of the knowledge and you're a good business person, I think you you do have a chance. And, you know, $25 million sounds like a lot and it is a lot of money. Uh, but if you're going to build it from the ground up and you have to build it to USDA specs, uh, it, it doesn't go as far. There's an interesting article in Texas Monthly that uh, our friend Daniel Vaughn, uh, I think it, I think he wrote it or I believe pretty sure he wrote it a couple of months ago about a, a lady out in West Texas that that took advantage of this program and opened a plant from built it from the ground up not a very big plant where they take local cow, cattle raised in west texas to the market and then they're sold there's not a whole lot of grocery stores in west texas and then they're sold in the local markets and it's 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 thriving and he it's a great article if you you get it i'm pretty sure daniel wrote it uh, so i think it's more intended to try to start the ones that went out of business. For instance, I, I know of one that's local here that uh, got shut down on the slaughter on the slaughter end. Uh, he still has his USDA inspection to sell food, processed food, but the slaughter end was was taken away from him because a a very upset uh, eight hundred pound calf uh, didn't make it out of the squeeze chute. I mean, it it was it went into the squeeze chute and, you know, to get the cow, the, you know, the, the calf calmed down and it jumped and it came out of the the chute and went around the processing room and the inspectors and, and and you know everybody was ducking and trying to wrestle. Well, the inspector saw that and it, because it was an unsafe environment for the, both the care of the animal and for the people in it, they pulled their certificate. Wow. So I think a lot, a lot of that may be to get that back, but. Uh, you know, 25 million, I don't know. I'm pretty sure you could build a plant for, you know, four or five million dollars. Right. And, you know, I wouldn't want to borrow 25 million dollars because that would, you have to produce a lot of cattle to pay that back. You know, it's got to be paid back. Tim McKeska joining us here on the show, McKeskaBrands.com, the website. If you're looking to outfit your food truck or a restaurant or whatever business you got with some of the best sausage out there in the country today. Um, one of the other things, aside from the uh, brisket that we were talking about price wise, is both pork butt. Uh, which we love, and then ribs. I got graphics here if you want to talk us a little bit through the pork butts right now. Pretty much the same. Uh, pork butts, uh, you can still – there was a big deal. Uh, somebody posted the other day that they made the lottery. They got the lottery because somebody saw pork butts for 95 cents. Grocery stores do that, okay? when They, they, they didn't win the lottery. It's just a sale. Uh, as you can say, the trim butts, 126, uh, and that's, that's a good uh, – I mean, that that's a good price. Even though it's 12% higher than his last year, that's not bad. You can still find them for 90, 95 cents in grocery stores. What's a quarter trim boneless butt? It's just a, uh, it, so the one that's vacuumed, that's uh, the one quarter trim boneless butt. It's pretty much a bonus, but so the, the one quarter trim butts got the bone in it. You know, all butts yep, yep. that are sold at that price all have bone in. <laughs> and you know, the secret to cooking, and I'm not a great pork cooker, you know, but you know, you got to get that bone where you pull it out and they're, oh my God, I got the bone out. It's ready. Uh, but that bonus butt is going to be a little bit more expensive. I, you know, a lot of people use bonus butt compared to just to save the bone weight. But Costco sells only boneless in. butts in all the Costco stores. That's yeah. where I became familiar with that in the first place. It you know it adds a little weight, but that pulling that bone out of that butt is really a good key in you know recognizing that you got it done right. You know if you can't yank that thing out, you know you go grab another beer, take a nap, and let it cook longer. Uh, and then we have ribs, of course, which everybody loves, and we're looking kind of uh, a lot of the same, or at least trending the same. Yeah, they're they, they're holding their own, and I always tell people, uh, 
you know, if you don't want to, you know, St. Louis spare rib is, is the, one of the best cuts there is because that it's already trimmed. Brisket bone is off. Uh, it's such a great rib and you know, Wichita pack and you, I know you've had Andrew Bloom on there before they do a great rib. So, that's not a bad price on pork ribs. It really isn't. So, uh, and we've seen that as high as 20% higher, you know, last summer they were about 25% higher, but that market has come down and it's eased up a little bit. All right, Tim. So let's talk about, oh, where's my thing here? Um, well, we talked about the fuel. Yeah, we, Tornadoes. Got, we, got, we got a couple minutes here. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, you know, tornadoes <laughs> and, and, you know, how they almost screwed up a whole bunch of stuff here too, right? I mean, they almost killed the sausage-making world, right? Almost killed almost killed me, you know, right yeah. over here in Elgin, uh, right, just just 15 miles from me, we had tornadoes. You saw the guy in the red pickup truck that's, that flipped. The tornado put him back on his, on his and he just drove, kept driving. That's what we do in Texas, you know, tornado, just brush him off and keep going, you know. Uh, and then and it went a mile and a half just on the other side of me. So I had tornadoes on both sides of me yesterday, but uh, nobody hurt, a lot of damage. Uh, but that's to, it's Texas. But the great, any interesting thing, it would have been bad if it would have hit Southside Market in Elgin yeah. and Myers Sausage. Those are two of the best, one of the best sausage makers there are. And that would have been terrible. So we talk about fuel pricing and, uh, you know, the Russia Ukraine conflict. There, there is a yeah. scenario, I guess, as I was teasing in the open that we may or may not get to here this evening, which is they're currently, Russia's, you know, currently attacking Ukraine. Ukraine is doing their best to defend this off. And let's play out a worst case scenario, as you had mentioned when we were sound checking earlier. Let's say there's an errant missile that goes into Poland or some other NATO country. This is going to ramp up some things that nobody wants to talk about here, but let's play that out a little bit. Is there a possibility for World War III, which I would assume is what it would be called, and then how does that affect what we're currently experiencing to a, a next level? Well, there's a lot of guesswork going on right now, but about I think it was about 4 o'clock this afternoon here in Texas, I called some of the, my broker friends to kind of get an update on what they were doing and, and how they were proceeding with their business. And, you know, when I talk to them, they go, you know, I, we never know what's going on. We get a price and we try to sell it and, you know, that's it. And everything does sell. I mean, nothing doesn't sit there. They do sell it. And I said, okay, what do I expect? I mean, what's going on? Cause I'm always, you know, four months, five months out on purchasing. And they said, look, as long as uh, Russia doesn't send a, a, a missile into NATO, you know, it's going to play out differently. But if NATO gets involved and under the NATO pact, you know, you attack one country, we all go in, we're all in, uh, then th it, it could get really bad because, you know, you're going to have trade embargoes. You're going to have all these things. And I didn't know at, at the time that Ukraine and Russia provides wheat. I think 30 percent of their uh, uh, of the wheat is from Russia. And a lot of that goes into the Africa. And so and, and fertilizer, I can believe they got a lot of fertilizer over there and and. So those things all affect, and that could affect our cattle prices as those things are embargoed later mm -hmm. on. It, it's already been shut down, but you know, I'm sure the America can cover that. But I know for me personally, if they attack my home country, my home family of Czech Republic, I'm going. I'm all in. I'm I'm, I'm going to Czech Republic and help fight with my cousins over there. But the the truth of the matter is. If we do go to war, if World War Three starts, if you think inflation is bad now, Greg, 
it will be tremendous. Uh, there's going to be shortages and everything will, will be tremendously high. And it's a reality that the brokers and the future people, the future traders watch carefully because it could happen very, very quick. Is there any lead in to them? Will they get any kind of, of, a, of a quick notice or an alert that things are going to change real quick and, and that's going to... I don't even have any idea how futures work. I mean, talk about a, a, a guessing game to a common man like me. How does right that even? Is. How does that operate? <laughs> well, you, in the futures market and the board of trade and how they trade grains like corn and and sorghum, that kind of stuff. And you know, if you remember the movie Trading Places, they were of course. You know, they were trading orange juice. Yes. And, yeah, and then pork bellies. You know, bacon, yeah. pork bellies. That's where you get bacon from. Those are all commodities that are traded. And the future market is how. You know, you know how much to bring in and how, you know, where you're going to be buying, say, in August or, you know, maybe July. It's usually about a quarter out to be specific. So in normal times, the future traders really have a good idea of what's going to happen. But now they are scared. They don't have no idea because you got to remember brisket and ribs are big sellers between uh, you have Memorial Day, you have Fourth of July and you have Labor Day. And those are, and of course, we just passed over uh, the big brisket for uh, St. Patrick's Day. But when I talk to these guys this afternoon, they go, look, you know, we're watching the news because the minute if, if they hit a NATO country and we go all in, you're going to see if you think inflation is bad, they said it could be through the roof. Tim McCaska joining us here on the show, breaking it all down as he is one of the smartest people that we know in the business of barbecue, no doubt about it. That's why he's the Barbecue Central Show guest, Hall of Famer, talking about brisket prices trending up. That's now coupling with fuel pricing and who knows what's going to happen with a potential war here in World War III. We just have to wait and see. Hopefully it doesn't all come to fruition and things start to trend back down. I'd rather have you back on in a quarter, Tim. We're talking about how things are you know, bottoming out and the prices and Arthur Bryant wants to say, Hey, order uh, everything. Don't order anything. Just order the brisket for crying out loud. Right. Yeah. That would be great for that to come back. No doubt. Uh, all right. Uh, if people want to get your sausage, of course, uh, McKeskabrands.com, uh, shoot you an email or, uh, best, email best way to do that. Or, or contact Wichita yeah. packing up in Chicago with Andrew Bloom. He ships all over the country or, or contact me at uh, Tim at McKeska.com. Uh, you know, we, we go, I'm in 22 States now, so we, uh, we'll, we'll get it to you. Tim, always appreciate the information. Thanks so much. Thank you, Greg. You got it. There he is. Tim McCaskill. Look, we don't want to bring the mood down here, but we want to make sure that we're setting you up the right way just in case, because who knows what's going on or what could happen. A little, a little errant missile here or there could break out world war three. We don't want that to happen. So that's where brisket prices are now and your pork butts and your ribs. So if you were wondering where it's sitting and why, now you're up to speed. Check in with Tim down the road and see where pricing sit the next time. Derek Richards is in the green room, of course, and we'll be talking to him about the most recent 2022 HPBA Expo. Before we do that, I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grill, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Still while you can get them. A choice line and a prime line are the ones that you can get right now. Choice. A little light on the features and the benefits, but a great cooker nonetheless if you want to save a couple hundred bucks. Does accommodate that pizza oven insert. If you want to get app controllability, if you want Wi-Fi connectivity, if you want two internal meat probes and a bunch of other bells and whistles that will 
amp up the barbecue and grilling game, then the Prime Line is something you want to take a look at. Peak and Ledge are the two sizes there. These also accommodate the pizza oven insert, only sold through dealers. So go to GreenMountainGrill.com, find a dealer near you, go visit that dealer, learn all about Green Mountain Grills, and then pick the best one that fits your needs. They're not going to oversell you or undersell you for that matter, and they'll make sure that you're outfitted with all the accessories that you need. Now, if you get home, even though you will be well-versed on all of the cooker stuff, if you missed a couple accessories here or there, you go to GreenMountainGrills.com and get all the accessories that you want to complete the Green Mountain Grill cooking experience, rub sauces and pellets and all that other stuff. GreenMountainGrill.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And we're back with Derek Riches right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets to fire all your pellet-driven cookers. Go to CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see what other items they have to make your life a little bit more smoky in a good way. That's CookinPellets.com. Did I just clear my throat? And did everybody hear that? I apologize if that happens. Maybe I'm just thinking that happened. I'll have to go back and listen to that. I apologize if that happened. It was very unprofessional. It's the fourth Tuesday of the month. That, of course, means it's time to go to the hotline and welcome in one of the most respected barbecue journalists in this business. Also a Barbecue Central Show guest, Hall of Famer. You check him out on the site, DerekRiches.com. And we welcome back Derek Riches. Hey, Derek. Hey, Greg, how you doing? I am fabulous and appreciate you making time this month, as you do every month, here to come on the show and talk a little live fire shenanigans and tomfoolery. And what more tomfoolery could we possibly have than by the HPB Expo or HPBA Expo finally getting back? As I had mentioned in the open, I don't know if you heard it, but two years ago, this was like the last bastion of human beings being out couple customers and companies pulled out as it was starting to go off, but then people were pulling out in the middle, pulling off the show, the world is ending, the sky is falling, and it shut down maybe a little bit early by a day or so, but now we're back up and running. So I guess just from a high level, what's it like being back amongst the live fire crowd, and and what did you think of the exhibition in general? Um, It was a good show, actually. I mean, it it was small. And I think because a lot of people were like, well, you know, should we? Uh, I was talking with someone, one of the organizers, and they said that half the people that showed up had registered in the last two weeks. Hmm. So it was kind of a last minute decision. Um, And um, but, you know, it it went off without a hitch um, and it was uh, overall a pretty decent show. Where were we at this year? Uh, this year we were in Atlanta, mm. back to scenic Atlanta, um, which I think is a bit of a fluke. It's not supposed to be in Atlanta, but they needed a place and scheduling conflicts because they're trying to stick to Louisville, Nashville, and um, somewhere else. I forget. Any reason why they're trying to stick there? 
I they've worked out deals. Uh, you know, like trade shows like this, it's like, you know, hey, if we book four shows over the next decade, can we get a package sort of deal, I mm. guess, is the way it works. The last and the only it's, HPBA expo I was ever at was at Atlanta. So it was probably the last time it was at Atlanta. Unless they did a back to back. It might be, yeah. They used to do Atlanta a lot and then they just stopped. Um might have to do with the size of the show or something like that. I don't know. Plus, I don't know. Do you want to go to Atlanta? I was going to say, I, I mean, no offense to Atlanta, but it's trash. Well, it's... it's yeah, that's enough Atlanta, said. I Atlanta's think it's enough a bit said. Rough. It's I don't a bit, think we need to go any further used. than that. Trash is trash. I mean, come on, Atlanta. Pick I, up I your mean, game. I, I like it. it you know, I, I have nothing necessarily against it other than the fact that you have to go through Atlanta Airport to get to Atlanta. Yeah, well, and that might even be the best part as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Uh, you said attendance was uh, smallish, and that uh, people were making that decision even a couple weeks before the show was actually coming off, which was um, kind of funny. Noticeable exhibitors at the show who stood out. Uh, a lot of the usuals were there. I mean, Weber was there. Um, uh, you know, Danson's was there. With Green Mountain Grills was there. Um, you know, I mean, it was. It, a lot of the people that normally do the show were there. I, I, nobody sticks out in my mind as not being there. Napoleon, Onward Manufacturing, you know, Broil King. So most of the big players that do the show were there. On the whole, would you say their booth size was normal or did they shrink down? Uh, I would say that for the most part, yes, yeah, some of them were going for a smaller footprint on it. Um, and I think they just didn't want to make a big investment in the case they, you know, were going to cancel out at the last minute or something like that. Because, you know, I mean, I was at the show in New Orleans two years ago when that all got shut down. And I mean, you know, there was people from other countries that were like, am I going to be able to fly home? <laughs> Are they going to shut the airport? So, I mean, right. that was kind of the concern with that, you know. I mean, I just hung out with Ray the whole time and we just kind of went out and wandered New Orleans. So we weren't too concerned. But... I mean, what kind of trouble can happen with wandering around with Ray? Who knows? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Any noticeable exhibitors not at the show? Ones that you thought would have been there uh, that didn't come? No, not really. Um, no, I mean, you know, Charbroil never does these anymore. Traeger does them occasionally. Doesn't Traeger but, do their own uh, thing? I thought I saw the same weekend yeah. they were doing Traeger, yeah. Traeger Demo Day or whatever it was. Yeah, they're they're basically their own thing now. So I don't think they're get too big into these sort of things. Plus, you know, they're increasingly seem to be going, you know, big box retail and direct to consumer. So they're not that interested in trying to pick up the smaller the small retail places that a lot of other businesses are looking at. Mm. Do you think they're because that's what you go to HBABA for is is to get in with the independents and the you know those sort of people. Could they be running into a camaraderie issue, or do they not even care? Is that is that a question that makes sense? Um, People at the exhibit, like, uh, like at the show, I mean, they all seem to be hanging around. They're commingling. They're making agreements. They're gentlemen talk, this and that, all industry stuff. And then Traeger is increasingly turning away from that. Are they also somehow turning their back on the industry to a degree without being by not being friendly or? <laughs> Uh, gregarious or integrated no i mean i don't you know i don't 
you go to the show, it's not going to, it's not going to be, it's not going to hurt you. I just don't know that they necessarily see the benefit. Hmm. I mean, Weber goes there and they sell in 130 countries and they're in every major retail outlet and they're Amazon and direct consumer and, you know, every single possible distribution chain, they do it, but they also do the independent stores. So, you know, why not? Hmm. Um, they're going to do everything. Of course, you know, they got the money to burn, I suppose. I don't know if they've got the money to burn, but they do burn it. They have the money to burn? So I don't know if they have the money to burn because now that we have financial information on them, I'm not saying they've got the money to burn, but they do burn it. So what's their financials look like? Well, it's, you know, if you're looking at their uh, quarterly filings, it's not huge profitability, but, you know, business is business, I guess. What were the best products that you saw at the show? Um, I, what was great about this was getting to kind of catch up a little bit on stuff. So yeah. um, I really liked the, there's the gather grill, um, which, you is know, it, you, is you, it tall? you look at it and go. I can't tell from that picture uh, if it's tall or it, not. I know. Yeah, they're weird pictures. It's table height, but it's adjustable. You can oh. raise it or drop it about a... Okay. Twelve yeah. to eighteen I see, inches. I see right there. So, there's uh, pull pins yeah. on the legs there to raise it up. But the the craftsmanship in this is just really impressive. I mean, you know, the smallest unit's going to start at about three grand, so <laughs> it's not cheap. But um, it's kind of like an art flame, yeah, that, but without a, a rolled lid, and then you cook in the middle of it instead of on the actual sides of it. Yeah, and the and the table section, you, there's like the table parts. You can take them off if you want to get closer in, or you can put okay. in prepped sections. It's it's entirely modular, and uh, uh, just really nice people behind it, really working hard to kind of get this out. And the whole cook area is on rollers, so you can spin the whole thing around um, like a giant grilling lazy susan. Wow. So. Yeah, it was actually, it was impressive to see it in person. You know, when you look at images of it or stuff, you kind of like, I don't know. But when you see it in person, it's like, that's uh, actually a really impressive build on this. And it looks like it'd be a lot of fun yeah. to play with. I like that birch barrel, um, which is like the first item on there. Um, that's just kind of a fun item, really. What kind of money are we looking like at for this with? thing? $1,200. That's mm. with tripod and the whole thing. So it, it's not inexpensive. Yeah. Ba basically, the bottom of it is uh, is akin to a solo stove. I was going to say, this looks like uh, a solo stove that's suspended on a tripod with a dome. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the, the lid section will lock into the cooking grate. So you can just kind of use that pulley mechanism to lift the food out to get to the fire or, you know, to kind of lift stuff away. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's a lot of fun. You know, and I'm, I'm trying to get my hands on one because I think it's a lot of fun to play with. And because it's suspended, you can put it anywhere and the legs are adjustable. So you don't need to find some flat area to put it on. Yeah. Um, so and you don't have to get the tripod if you don't want to. It can just sit on the ground. Right, let's talk about this one before we get into something else. Uh, this is something that I've been talking about on and off or what seems to be like a year. I know the manufacturer of the product out there in Canada and uh, the guy that owns it, but uh, this is a charbroil brain and technology to a certain degree. It's not a full winter product, but was this? I assume this was something that you could put your hands on and walk around and do the normal yeah, Derek well, Rich's stuff, or no? 
Charborough was not at the show. So Oh right, of course they you don't said do, that. Yeah, they don't largely yeah. Listen much they don't really do trade shows. I, I, I'm not sure what they do. It seems to be a piece that, for the incredibly blah web release that they did with this, oh, it, it just awful, appears it? like this is something that you would want to get out and trot around like a prize pony at the event of the year. It's, it is the sort of product that I think you need to get in front of people. Um, yeah. because I think that you're, if you, if you, if it comes up on, you know, a website or something like that, you just scroll right past it. If you're yeah. walking in a store and you see it, you probably walk right by it because, um, there's no real, nothing intuitive about it that stands out. Now, my, my whole point of it is, is, you know, this is a single burner thermostatically controlled gas grill, the Charborough Amplifier Cruise 436S because they have to make names long. Um, and it's, uh, I, I, I don't, this could just be dead in six months it's, or it could be something that people go, yeah, this worked for me. You know, it is designed for people who don't grill. It is designed for people who are not well skilled in cooking. Um, because you know, you, uh, you set the dial and say, well, I need this at 375 degrees to grill the thing that I'm going to be grilling. And, and it will, it will adjust. It's actually auto calibrating yeah. too. Not only is it thermostatically controlled, but it will calibrate itself on the fly. And when you're done, you turn it to clean and it cleans itself and then it shuts itself off. Um, it's a lot of technology to make things as simple as a microwave. And if that's where people are going, then they may have something. If it's the sort of thing that people are, I mean, they did the smart grill four years ago and it was on the market about nine months. They did a and smart grill? Yeah, the, the Charbroil Smart Chef uh, gas grill, three burner, wow. Wi-Fi enabled. I missed it. You know, remote controllable, and it didn't work terribly well. People had problems. It wasn't adjusting right. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. And uh, I mean, it was an ambitious effort. I mean, that's the thing. But you know, I was respect about Charbroil. If they're going to go out and do something, they're going to go completely off the wall with it. Um, getting it to work right is that's another factor yep. and it's kind of always been where their downfall is and part of the reason why nobody stays with that company for more than three years so do you know anybody that's put their hands on it my here's my thought I don't. or here's my conspiracy theory they can't get it produced for one reason or another there there isn't one other than maybe a, a show model here or there there isn't there is no supply. They can't get them out anywhere. Nobody can see it. Nobody can put their hands on it. I have no proof of that, by the way. I'm just throwing it out there as speculation. Well, I'll, I'll put what I know at this point. It is an exclusive Lowe's home improvement product. So you'll only be able to buy it in Lowe's stores. Hmm. And Lowe's is, hey, give us your email address. We'll let you know when it's available. And when yep, I try to yep. contact them, they're like, hey, give us your email address. We'll let you know when it's available because we don't know. Hmm. And... I, maybe I, you know, I mean, it sells for $700. So I think they can get it made for that price and not have issues on that end Yeah, where they are in the supply chain. 
uh, th there's no word. So they did promise a March, April sort of release, I believe. And, uh, it's almost April. Well, I'm so. going to follow up with my contact and then guess what? I'm going to update you tomorrow after right. I hear from them. And then you can write all about it and take all the credit. Uh, last piece <laughs> of information here before I let you go and always appreciate the time. Maybe I was just aloof the past 16 years of the business of barbecue and grilling, but it seems like within the last year and 16 months, there's been many transactions and buyings and partnerings and recapitalizations and what other big words that I don't understand that you want to throw out there. Not the least of which, by the way, was last week, there's a PR, end of last week, there's a PR notice put out that... Somebody that I was kind of helping doing R&D back when they were originally coming out when these machines were made in Michigan, which is Gorilla Grills. A lot of people know Gorilla, um, Gorilla the OG, which was that weird uh, circular head um, mm -hmm. pellet yeah. cooker that had that uh, Gorilla on the front window that you could see the pellet thing burning after like two times burning. You couldn't actually see in it, but it was a really cool idea. Um, yeah. Or you cleaned it every time, which was a pain in the ass. But over the, <laughs> the span of, what, six or seven years, maybe, uh, they sell uh, at the end of last week for $27 million cash to American outdoor brands. Uh, I didn't know that there was any kind of look to sell. Uh, I, didn't, I don't know the ins and outs. I'm working on getting that interview set up. But just from your perspective, uh, as I look to see what AOB also has in the lineup, this seems like a bang win for everybody involved. I will have to see. I mean, uh, the, the thing that, that gets me is uh, Vista products or whatever, they bought up Camp Chef, and they are also very much an outdoor products company. They own Remington, AOB owns Smith & Wesson, and a number of, you know, Crimson Trace, very similar associated things. Yep. I think this is really kind of their first push into to like a cooking. Yes, agreed. Like, you know. So I will have to see how that goes. I just, I think we live in a really weird time. And I think that, that I'm thinking that five years ago or so, there was a change in tax law that basically just left some of these investment firms and some of these companies with so much money yeah. that they're just shopping because it's like everything has been sold lately. Yeah. It's, um, it's been mind boggling. And you wouldn't have seen this. I mean, honestly, when, you know, when Traeger was kind of picked up by private equity firms, that was really a first. And we're talking 2008 or so, right. you know, when that first went around, that was kind of unheard of. The fact that, you know, you could get a grill company going and then sell it for money. Um, and now everybody's selling. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I, my, Instinct is it's not good, but um, I don't know that it's bad. It's happening. Um, That's what we know for sure. Yeah, I I don't know that I would have paid twenty seven million dollars for Gorilla. I mean, I've known the people there from the beginning. I saw the very Same. first prototype right. of their yep. their thing. I know you did too. Um, and I've talked with a lot of people over the years with them. Good company, good people, all that sort of stuff. Um, but they're in a highly competitive space yeah and there are major players moving into that area you know in moving in that area and they're still kind of a little company so yeah we'll see how that goes
Derek Riches joining us here as he does for his monthly segment. Uh, read all about him, DerekRiches.com. Uh, take a read at that uh, most recent release of what he liked at the 2022 HPBA Expo at DerekRiches.com and catch him once a month right here on the fourth Tuesday. Derek, always appreciate the time. Hey, it's great to be with you. All right, there he is. Derek Riches right there. And we'll see him in April, I believe that that's right. I was giving out the last month or the wrong month last week for some reason, but I'm going to try and do it right this time. April is when it'll be. If you want to see what Derek liked, go to his website, DerekRiches.com, and see everything that caught his fancy. Okay, this is where I tell you that 2022 is rapidly coming to a close, and that's no lie because... <laughs> Quarter number one only has one bonus week left, and then we're in quarter number two. Are you taking advantage of the deal that David McDowell has laid out for the Central Life? You know you could be in better shape. You want to be in better shape. You just don't know how to get over the hump. Or you can get over the hump initially, but is that commitment going to be something that's long-lasting? You need someone that's an expert. You need somebody that's done it. You need somebody that can help you continue your mindset and your goal for a healthier 2022. That's where David comes in. Thanks to our new friend and friend of show, backyard barbecue enthusiast and men's health wellness coach, David McDowell says you can eat all the barbecue you want year-around and still lose the fat. With David, you get assistance around the clock. Just a text message, an iMessage, or a WhatsApp message, or even an email message away. He's also available for all those video chats and supporting you. For 200 bucks a month, you have access to him whenever you want. Feeling a little down on your, inter- on your workout game? Need some tips? Need some tricks? He's got it all. At a restaurant, you don't know what to eat? Send him a picture of the menu. He'll give you options. Go to davidleans.com, that's davidleans.com slash bbq to sign up right now for the Barbecue Central Show deal, 200 bucks a month, all the way through. Do it. If you're not satisfied, just let them know who will fund 100% of your investment, and that's what it is, an investment in yourself. davidleans.com slash bbq. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. And this portion brought to you by Fireboard 2, the next generation. Fireboard 2 and Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro. Also, Fireboard Spark, which is now back in stock. But don't forget about that. Fireboard.com is the place to go or call 816-945-2232. That's Fireboard. And we thank Derek Riches for joining us this last segment talking about the HPB Expo, things that he liked there, the things that he saw there, the people he didn't see there. And then talking about the buying and selling and business of barbecue. It's going crazy right now. 27 mil for Grilla Grill. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but great original product. Then they got into stuff that looked a little bit more, quote-unquote, traditional. Uh, All overseas stuff, of course. And now uh, they've sold, and I'm trying to work on the particulars and landing an interview with Mark Graham and uh, co-founder as well. 
uh, David, I think his name is. Anyway, uh, we are pointing to the second hour. If you've missed the first hour, don't worry. It'll be available in podcast here in a few hours. Refresh libations, and we will be back with more Barbecue Central Show. Stick around. We'll be right back.